Jazz, I've been listening to a new podcast that I really would love to recommend to you. It's called Three Little Words. It's a podcast where John Bishop and Tony Pitts invite guests to chat about three words that mean something to them and also the one they would gladly never hear again. I have lots of candidates for those. So it's a celebration of words, big and small and familiar, maybe obscure. And each episode paints a picture through lovely, bold, quite brilliant storytelling. Oh, sounds brilliant. What guests will be appearing? Well, they have had Jules Holland, Vic Reeves, Jodie Whittaker, oh, Robbie Williams, Arlene Phillips, you name it. And we're about to play an excerpt from their live show, which featured their special guest, Clive Anderson. So if you like what you hear, Giles, be sure to listen to Three Little Words with John Bishop and Tony Pitt exclusively on Amazon Music. From Amazon Music and Wandry, this is Three Little Words, with me, John Bishop. And me, Tony Pitts. This episode was recorded live at the Edinburgh Festival, where we chatted with Clive Anderson about three words that mean the most to him. It was done in front of a live audience, so just enjoy the laughter. There's no one who went to my school who said, what are you doing in the summer holidays? I'm going to yeah. the fringe. But it's a bit like uh, Claudia Winkleman's face. The, the, the fringe has overwhelmed everything else. So, it's, it's, uh, so I was 11, 10 or 11, and I reached over to change gear with the wrong hand. This took me in front of a Morris Minor. There's an assumption about your whole background. Does that ever annoy you that people see that before they see you? Well, I, I, I don't mind it too much, but I, there's a certain amount of illusion about it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to Three Little Words. I'm John Bishop, this is my friend Tony Pitts. I'm Tony Pitts, this is my friend John Bishop. So today, we're really lucky to have a guest that will be familiar to you all. He's an award-winning broadcaster, author, writer, Comedian, he's an all-round good egg, apart from the fact that he supports Arsenal. So, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Clive Anderson. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, yes, thank you. Oh, gosh. Thanks for coming up. Do you want some water, Clive? I will do, yes, thank you. Thank now, you very much. I came, we, we're doing a show based around the guest picking three words that mean something to them. Clive kindly invited me on his show, which is based around the guest picking seven things. <laughs> seven wonders of around. the world. Yeah. So this is yeah. basically the discount version of Clive's <laughs> own yeah. podcast. Yeah. How many Edinburgh's have you attended? Well, Edinburgh quite a Festival. few. I certainly came in the 1970s, uh, where it was, you know, the country was pretty much bankrupt. Very unpopular government. There was a re <laughs> referendum on Europe. Yeah. There was rubbish in the streets from strikes. It was a different world. But I had a, so I did it as a student and a few extra years on after that. And then I didn't come for ages and ages. But I come back the last few years because I do a radio program called uh, Loose Ends. And we also did have done stage versions of Whose Line Is It Anyway, which is an improv show we used to do on the, on the telly. Well, a second childhood, basically. I've been coming back to remember what it was like to come when I was a youngster. So your early years, when you came in the 70s, was that as uh, uh, an audience member or uh, were you, on, were you oh, doing no. stuff? No, I was doing stuff. I came in as a student review 
well, it was the, the Footlights Review, which in, that, oh. and in those days, the sort of student reviews are almost the main bits of comedy here. No, no, the, the, the Fringe yeah. was plays, you know, interesting plays, all sorts of stuff. And then soon after that, I started doing very much a small way sort of stand-up comedy. And that, that started up. So I knew like the stand-up comedians that started coming in those early days, sort of uh, into the 80s and everything. But then I, I, I drifted away. I had a more sensible job. <laughs> so, so it was always within you to be a performer because the big thing about you that I remember when you first came on telly is everyone went, he's got a job. He's a barrister. Yes. And yeah. he does this. Yeah. Ra rather than it, it, by the way you're talking there, you always wanted to be a performer. Well, I suppose so, but I didn't really, I couldn't really imagine what I would do uh, before, you know, there's hundreds of clubs now for people to do stand-up. Yes. There weren't any. There's, the Comedy Store was started in London, 1979. And before that, there were, there were, you know, there were what they called working men's clubs in the north. And I didn't think I was designed for that. I couldn't no, imagine myself. Oh, no, I, I could have gone down very <laughs> Yeah, I could see you yeah, at Batley, yeah. Batley yeah. Labour <laughs> Club. You'd have slayed. I couldn't yeah. imagine myself sort of being on telly. Really. I, I didn't, uh, and the friends I did have that went to comedy, they, be, they became sort of radio producers, or if they were lucky, television, or maybe a writer. There wasn't an obvious career route. Yeah, yeah. Was just exactly that. I was, I was talking about this to a younger performer last night. There's... Now, kids come here with a, it's part of a career plan. Yeah, right? they've got and it worked very out. Much, it's very much a recognised yeah. way through. Yeah. But not at that time, right? It was... Uh... And I'll tell you the other thing. that We, we did a, a little... A group of us did a show slightly after student years and, and it had Griff Rhys-Jones in it. We were just going around, um, you know, student uh, universities and things. We did a little trip to Australia, which he couldn't come on. But, but then we were lined up to come here. But by the time we came here, he'd started to do some television on uh, Not Lying Clock News. And the critics and other people said, what's going on here? Yes. Somebody off the television coming to the fringe. That's not right. You should be starting here and working towards that. Now, half the people here, well, three quarters, they're already oh, on the television. Established careers. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, but from my point of view, because I came to the fringe for the first time in 2003, did a show, never been here before, didn't yes. really know what it was about, didn't know it. Yeah. There was no one who went to my school who said, what are you doing in the summer holidays? I'm going to yeah. the Fringe. Yes. It just wasn't a thing that we did. And, and when I came here, I, I, I was immersed in it because I was immersed in the comedy. But every time I come here now, and I've been here about 10 yeah. times, I love the energy of it. And I think from the, if you like the established people where they go, oh, they shouldn't really be here, they've already yeah. made it. I think you need to come here when you're established because you need to test yourself against sure, the yeah. new talent. You want a mixture of things. Yeah. You want you want an 18 year old and a and a, you know an older person. <laughs> I was going to say 80 year old, but I haven't quite got to that stage yet. But uh, but it's it's odd because it started as a festival with you know opera and music, and from, from the word go, this little fringe started up. But it's a bit like uh, Claudia Winkleman's face. The 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 fringe has overwhelmed everything else. So it's. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I oh. promise you that's the first time I've done that joke, but it's not going to be the last. Yeah, that, that's a winner. That's a clip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a clip. Clive, I'm going to ask you for your first word. Now, my first word is accident. Right. So yeah. what happens now, very quickly, I'm going to give you a definition, quick etymology and a few quotes. So, uh, accident, an unfortunate incident that happens unexpectedly and unintentionally typically resulting in damage. Uh, <laughs> etymology, it's from the Latin accidentum, from ad, meaning to, and cadere, fall. So the initial meaning is 
to fall. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. uh, from the late 15th century means an unplanned child and an, <laughs> an accident prone is from 1926. All oh, right. So I don't wonder how that... Had, anyway. That's so, pretty specific. No, no, 1926. No, that's the point. I wonder if somebody goes, he keeps having accidents. He's accident prone. And then it spread from... Anyway. Yeah. Three quotes, quickly. Jeanette Winterson, slightest accidents open up new worlds. Writer Robert Heinlein, never insult anyone by accident. And then finally, Pablo Picasso, accidents, try to change them, it's impossible. The accidental reveals man. Clive Anderson, why did you pick accident? Well, just when I was asked to supply these words, it was on my mind. I was thinking about my childhood, and I was always called accident-prone when I was a child. Which I think twenty-six. Yeah. Okay. We'll cut that. No, that's that's fine. That's <laughs> always good to be insulted by Sean Bean. But the uh, now the the. Uh, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> I see. No, I see. I th okay. No, I think. Um, I think it's sort of regarded as sort of bad parenting to say to your child you are accident prone yes. or you're a bit silly Obviously. or you're naughty. You're supposed to, you don't say you're a naughty boy, you say that's a naughty thing you've done. Yeah. So, because you don't, you never know afterwards whether I'm having accidents because I've been, but I did have quite a bad accident eventually to justify yes. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. thinking of the more positive sides of accident, almost like chance, but I didn't want to put fortune there. But do you want to tell oh, you about please. your. because so far you're talking about a child having an accident, it sounds like you've wet the bed. Yeah. Oh, well, what's the accident? Oh, it was slightly worse than that. My father was away for one week a year, and I now know from parenting that when one parent is away, things, accidents happen. That's when things That's go right. wrong. So uh, because he wasn't there, he, had, he could drive a car, my, my mother couldn't. We were going to have lunch, so I was sent out to get fish and chips, which was a cycle ride away. So off I cycle. And of course, the sister was there, oh, can you get something else? And then my mother said, oh, so in the end, I had things to carry. Never, never carry things on your bike. Oh. So I was cycling home, quite fairly busy road, and I can, I can remember the moment. I had one of those, you know, those Sturmey Archer gears, you know, with the, and madness. I was 11, 10 or 11, and I reached over to change gear with the wrong hand. This took me in front of a Morris Minor, uh, so we collided, and I came off worse than yes. the Morris Minor. I was dragged along backwards. Oh. Uh, uh, so it took all the skin off my back. I, I, I don't know how much gruesome it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, the funny thing is, I mean, it's, it's funny, and it and smashed my teeth, and it was uh, the, the, yeah. the teeth, just a sort of little chips off it, but I've had nothing but trouble with that ever since. But the, when I got to the hospital, they, they said, oh, oh, you're back, well, it's about, um, oh, we'll, we'll spray this sort of skin on it, spray skin on it. Oh, okay, do that. Oh, because it was stung quite a lot. And so, oh, we, we, we better x-ray you. So go over like that. And go, oh, you've taken the skin off your back. Well, I haven't done it. You did get sprayed again. Oh, sting. And then uh, when we got to the ward, uh, they said, what's this stuff on your back? I said, I don't know. Oh, you shouldn't have that. It'll never get heal it without it. So the rest of the time in hospital, they were peeling. <laughs> But like all accidents like that, you, when you're involved in them, you're just in them. And um, it's the other people around who are yes. sort of... Uh, Did you go back for the chips or...? Uh, no, they, <laughs> they never got the chips. But annoyingly, the bike was fine. Once I recovered, I, I cycled, you know, afterwards uh, with it. God knows why. I should have been put so off cycling. So how for life. bad were your injuries? Well, they weren't, they weren't life-threatening. I had, I had injuries to my knee, to my head, to, you know, all over. That was between primary school and I went on to a grammar school. Yeah. And the, the main effect it had was... Uh, the grammar school was a rugby playing school, so we had to play rugby, but I wasn't allowed to play rugby yes. for, the, for, the, for the first term. And I got to know somebody as a result of that, so I got a sort of friendship out of it. 
And then I had a glorious second term when I was made to start at the very bottom. A bit like, you know, rangers up here being made to go down to the, yeah. the bottom. Thing, and then you go, Ooh. So I, was, I discovered the world, because I was fairly sporty, and I discovered this world of people who were standing on the nowhere going near each other, not tackling, I ran ring. So I became in the rugby team by the end of the year, you know, the, that year's rugby team. I didn't sustain this level of uh, oh, achievement, oh, but... Uh, or use that yeah. as the... Yeah. Well, I, I, unless you want more about my hideous injuries... No, the, I, th uh, I think uh, you've made a few people yeah. sick already. Well, so well, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know if there's anything more in the locker apart. From yeah. photographs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was more thinking at the at the other side of accident that the like an accident of birth like the chance of us any of us being, being, here, being here is so yeah. remote. Yes. Oh. Uh, yeah. You know because your your yeah. mother produces yes. dozens maybe hundreds of eggs. Yeah. Your father produces millions yeah. of oh, uh, sperm and those have to come together to be you. Yes. And what are the chances of that? It's one. It's not one in a million. It's one in billions of millions. Oh, billions. But, but it's, it's also beyond that though. It's life opportunity and yes. like like it's pretty clear yeah just you know without without prejudging anything that we've had different childhoods yeah different lives and growing. i think you're different. building up this uh, harsh childhood that you uh, <laughs> hey listen yeah. if we, if we, yeah. hey, hey we were yeah. poor yeah. but yeah. i had skin on me back yeah 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 well see i damaged my teeth because the silver spoon just 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 yeah. uh, got me back <laughs> but but i didn't have a particularly you know uh, generously yeah well, what was your family life my, well, my father was from, from Scotland and he worked for a bank and his career, such as it was, was interrupted by the war at, a, at an odd time. And I wouldn't be here but for the war because my parents met during the war. My mother came from a very poor background and they got together. They would never have met because he was in the RAF and she was in the WAFs. They both got there accidentally. Yes. Uh, she volunteered to be in the Women's Land Army, but they were full, so they made her yes. go in the very thing she was trying to avoid. Yes. My father wanted to be in the Navy. He only survived the war by being taken off a flight at the last moment, which then, you know, crashed, and they got together. So that's, I mean, that, that's just me. Everyone else has got a backstory like that, unless you happen to be, you know, from the royal family that you know, they're sort of put together. Uh, yeah. Most of us just, the parents meet by accident at work. Seemingly or... capricious nature carries on because every day there's a thousand lives you might walk into or just walk past, yeah. you know, conversations you don't have or exactly. just, yeah. just do have. So it could all, it feels like it's that, but it's not that yeah. at all. So they, those people have this theory about multiverse, there are lots of different universes. Yeah. Well, there have to be an awful lot of universes yes. to look up. If you yeah. turn left, you get knocked over by a car. You yeah. turn right, you meet the, the girl of your dreams, the boy of your dreams. Yeah. So, so and, and I, I said something there about, you know, I don't want to make any judgments, but I think we had different lives. And that's probably an unfair judgment, but, but there is a perception of you because you were, you, you were a barrister. When you turned into a public view, you dressed like a barrister. You looked yeah. like somebody who just come from court. And because you're well-spoken, obviously very educated, there's an yeah. assumption about your whole background. Does yeah. that ever annoy you that people see mm. that before they see you? Well, I, I, I don't mind it too much, but I, there's a certain amount of illusion about it. I think I think I probably look cleverer than I am because I've got. A, let, let me put it this way: I've got a high forehead. It gives you a, gives you gives you a look. I, you're right. I used to. I, I wanted to dress not so much formally on telly. <laughs> I used to, I wanted to dress in a way that didn't get in the way of, uh, with a bit of authority, but not get in the way of like when I was doing interviews. Yeah. And I still, you know, the people still could come on and make I, I like it, but I tell you what, the, the amount of men in here, bald men who have just gone, actually, I'm, I'm looking intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. 
Not all. Some some people go bald and they look quite sexy. Some people just look a bit sort of uh, sad. Some people look uh, handsome. I just I just I went. You know, I've, I've been losing my hair forever, and that that sort of stage because I already had a big head anyway, and it just exaggerated. I, just, I don't I don't know. I think it gives an illusion. I think I've always spoken roughly like this, but if you come from the southeast of England, it's yes. sort of regarded as almost normal. Yes. But if you have a, any sort of regional accent, it's sort of oh oh you come from the north, you must you must work. You know, down a, down a yeah, down yeah. a mine or something. Yeah, but yeah. there's people. There are rich people, clever people from the north, and stupid people from the from the south. It's just oh, a sort I know, of we've yeah, had them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Scottish Cold accent's good, I think, because yeah. it's Scottish a bit of accents. bit. It's a bit of a uh, you know, it's a, it's kind of. Does does everything can do everything. No, nobody thinks of a Scottish accent as well. I don't think. Maybe I'm just. I, I come well, from a Scottish I, I, family. I, I mean, I, I I love the little to the Scottish accents, and I, yeah. and, I, and and it can go. But it's also an accent a little bit like mine that can be hard. And I'll yeah. tell you the true story. This we we got um in a previous house that we lived in. We got this security where there was a, a, a speaker on the wall, so people would monitor the house. If anyone approached the house, yeah. Did speak and uh, and they'd say like we've seen you in the red jacket approaching the house uh, step away and before so we got everything done on the house and then I went to the house and I said to the guy when we were doing it I said this monitoring system I said is it some anywhere close to where we live is it 20 minutes he said no it's Glasgow I said Glasgow yeah. So why is it in Glasgow? He said, oh, it's, it's all, we found that it's better to have the call centre in Glasgow. Yeah. So yeah. after Morrison centre in Glasgow. Yeah. So I came, before we moved in, I turned up to the house the day before. Yeah. And at the time you say, look, no one's coming to the house. I parked the car, it was that nice, and I'm walking towards the house and <laughs> he picked me up with the camera and said, and that's when I realised it was in Glasgow. He went, yeah, <laughs> fuck off! <laughs> I swear yeah. to the most aggressive yes. noise yeah. ever. I went, oh my yeah. God. If yeah. that had been in the south of England, yeah. excuse me. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to state your business? <laughs> no warning to yeah. You don't go in for two yeah. nights. Listen to Three Little Words with John Bishop and Tony Pitt exclusively on Amazon Music.